Now, today, I think first we, we start question and answer. Your spoke of the other voidness view of the Jonangba yesterday. Could Your Holiness say something about the other voidness view of Mipam? Is this something which is different? Mipam. Mipam Shendungi Kalat. Jumipam. Jumipam. Mm but uh,你们很喜欢这个,如果是全中国的话,你们很喜欢这个,如果是全中国的话,你们很喜欢这个,如果是全中国的话,你们很喜欢这个,如果是全中国的话,你们很喜欢这个,如果是全中国的话,你们
is something which uh, permeates uh, or pervades in the basis time, the time of the path, and the time of the results. Now, when one actually is able to get down to this other voidness, this clear light, primordial mind, devoid of the fleeting stains, then in the uh, teachings, for instance, of Mipong, in the context of the Nyingma presentation of Dzogchen, the great completeness, this primordial clear light mind itself is devoid of existing in an inherently findable manner. The terminology that's used is that it is katak, or pure, from the top. This means that it's devoid of existing inherently from its own side. So that when uh, one uses the meditation techniques of Dzogchen to come down to the clear light primordial mind, uh, then one, like by seeing it or meditating on a state devoid of the fleeting stains or meditating on the other voidness, then one also comes down to the correct view in terms of an absence of true inherent existence. So this way of presenting other voidness, as is found in the Kagyu and Nyingma uh, Nutra Yoga Tantra teachings, such as those of Mipam, is an example of a combination of both the second and third uh, turning of the wheels of Dharma, and so, in this sense, is an acceptable view. ตันนั้นเวสัยจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจุดจ
So this is a different type of presentation of the two truths. Now, in the Nyingma uh, teachings of the old school, uh, particularly in the Guhya Garba Tantra, uh, it has yet another presentation of the two levels of truth, and that's called the exceptional uh, two levels of truth. And that's a little bit similar to what is found in the Guhya Samaja system. And in those latter systems, two systems, when they speak of the uh, ultimate level, it's speaking of clear light in terms of a consciousness or something which takes objects. Now, in the uh, Anuttara Yoga Tantra teachings of both the old Nyingma school and the new Sarma schools, uh, there's the discussion of clear light, and uh, there's clear light in terms of the object clear light, and also in terms of the object taker or consciousness clear light. And they discuss these two inseparably, uh, but uh, give them the same name, uh, clear light. So in this sense, uh, in Anuttara Yoga Tantra, although they're discussing the two, the emphasis is usually, most of the time, on the side of clear light as a consciousness, as an object possessor. ดูดูจิมิเตเมนิมาตาฮังจิเชะโนติเนยินดูซานเนอืมเอ่อติงกุเชนซิรบิเชซุงกุนละเชนซิรบิเชตันจิเกะยันจิตาชิเกะยันต
This is referring to a few uh, specific texts, such as in the uh, Jonang tradition, there's uh, um, what's his name? the origin source of Jonang. The original uh, source was uh, a master, Yumo Mikyu Dorje, and his spiritual son, Dharmeshvara, uh, wrote a text in which he gave a great deal of criticism uh, against the view of voidness as presented by Nagarjuna. <laughs> so if we uh, have one position which uh, gives very strong criticism against Nagarjuna, and then we were to hold a vote to see which, one, which position we were to choose, then if we look at uh, the various traditions within India and all the different traditions of Buddhism uh, within Tibet, all of them take as their basis the view of voidness as explained by the great master Nagarjuna. So uh, if we come across uh, texts which uh, criticize very heavily the views of Nagarjuna and say they are not correct, then uh, such texts become uh, in a quite difficult position. That is study. ディアンダーアスタアネゲンセンメジョリティダマイノリティケジェイマレタティジグベトジタジェタンユドザネトワタルルジュグタンダパルシャバテレヤタジグベクンジェシンチャラシャビネタティタマンガボジギシュンコン
Except for the Anuttara Yoga Tantra paths and methods described in Anuttara Yoga Tantra, there are no uh, there are no ways for making manifest the primordial uh, clear light mind. It comes in Anuttara Yoga Tantra. As for the methods presented there uh, for making manifest the primordial clear light mind, first there are the methods of uh, doing the various yoga practices with the subtle energy winds. This is the uh, tradition of the, our guiding light Nagarjuna. Then there is the method of making manifest the clear light mind through Dumo, the inner heat. And uh, this is the tradition that is explained primarily in the Hevadra Tantra literature. It is also found in Chakra Samvara, or Haruka. There is also one method of making manifest the clear light primordial mind in terms of meditating just singly, single-pointedly on a non-conceptual with a non-conceptual state of mind. That's another method. Although in general one would not say that just by meditating on a non-conceptual state of mind that one makes manifest the primordial clear light mind without having to do the various other meditations in terms of the subtle energy systems and channels and so forth. Nevertheless, there are special circumstances when uh, through the uh, inspiration of the uh, blessings, etc., of uh, various great masters, then through meditation on a non-conceptual state of mind, on the basis of these blessings and inspirations, it is possible for some practitioners to make manifest the uh, clear light, subtle consciousness, and this is a method which is discussed primarily in the Kagyu Mahamudra systems and in the Ningmu Dzogchen systems. Yes. These are the three uh, basic uh, methods which are used for making manifest the clear light mind. Uh, and uh, if there are other, there may be other methods than that, but I'm not aware of them. 
How can we? How can one eliminate or purify the various stains which obscure the clear light mind without a basis of shamatha and vipassana? There are uh, two different levels of uh, a mind which uh, has a combined force of both shamatha, that's a serenely settled state of mind, and vipassana, an exceptionally perceptive state of mind. Uh, this state of, of, of mind, which has the combination of these two, being serenely stilled and exceptionally perceptive, can be either on a rough level of mind or on a subtle level of mind, with a subtle level of mind. <laughs> Uh, there is a, uh, a special method in terms of tapping into the subtle energy systems with its channels and energy winds, etc., and on the basis of that, achieving a state of mind which has a combined, serenely settled and exceptionally perceptive uh, aspect. Mm. <laughs> In the sutra systems and the systems of the three lower tantras, the way of presentation is that one first achieves a serenely settled state of mind of shamatha and then after that one achieves an exceptionally perceptive state of mind of vipassana. However, in the Anuttara Yoga systems of Tantra, the highest class, the way of achieving these is that that is presented is a way in which the two states are achieved together at once. Uh, could Your Holiness speak about acceptance of oneself before going into the battle to get rid of the stains on our minds? In other words, could you speak about the importance of love and respect for ourself? Same <laughs> Not very clear. Mm. Can you say? So, so, 
Yes, I agree. You see, uh, sometimes if you uh, realize one's own defects and negative side, sometimes you may feel discouraged. So you see, during that moment, uh, you need to 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 increase your courage or right? encouragement, pride, pride, proud. Uh, now, in that case, you see, uh, uh, think more about ability of human being and nature, pureness, uh, pureness, pureness of our consciousness, and the basis of the possibility of uh, achievement. Pure state of mind. You see, thinking this line, thinking you see positive line, then it gives you sort of aspiration and give you courage or more will. Then, when your mind, mental state, bit through, too proud or elated or arrogant, then you see that become uh, hindrance to practice. Then during that moment think more negative side. Then you see, reduce, I mean, that attitude. So something like, you see, uh, what to say, setting temperature in our house. <laughs> if something too hot, uh, try to cool it. If too cold, trying to hotter. You see, that is the proper way. So when our mind become, say, I'm genuine, because stable, right? stable, stabilize. That's all. So now you see today mm, I'm going to mm, going to do like this. Uh, it is impossible to finish the first chapter complete. Uh, so therefore mm, I will explain something mm, as I mean continue. Uh, Continue explanation. Uh, then I will uh, explain without text. It's something practical. I think maybe better, isn't it? Uh, uh. So now, that in that, teacher, teaching you that to me, to me, Sunday, you know, you had that. ขันเลยกุญแจเกี่ยวสุนจุวะทันทองสิบวันนั้นอยู่ยืนยืนโตเสียนี่เอ็นนี่ตาเอ่อคำเราสบายเอ่อตัวจินตัวจินเนี่
你就叫我的想象,但你就叫我的想象,卡了不用说叫我送中啊,所以就叫我的想象。那真正的人,他当然你,看的是英国的,看的是英国的,你用手做吧,被卡索的被给他,用手做吧,先呀的,你,你就
the Buddha nature or the source uh, allowing us to become totally enlightened, then the uh, state of enlightenment itself, its qualities, and its enlightening influence. Uh, it says that there are four reasons why these are unimaginable, why these can only be understood by the Buddhas themselves. And the four reasons are given in the next verse, verse 25. Because it is pure, yet possesses disturbing attitudes. Because it is not at all with disturbing attitudes, yet must be purified. Because it is something undifferentiable, and because it spontaneously accomplishes all without the prejudiced thinking of preconceptions. So these are the four reasons why these uh, four aspects of Buddha nature and so forth are beyond the realms of our imagination. Verse 26, because there is what to, is to be realized, the realization, its branches, and what brings realization, the order in which they are to be understood is that the first point is the cause allowing for purification, while the three are the circumstances. What is to be realized is the uh, source or the essential factors allowing us to become enlightened, Buddha nature. The realization is referring to the state in which uh, all the stains have been removed from that source uh, so that all the uh, good qualities are complete. In other words, it's referring to the state of total purification and growth or the state of enlightenment. Its branches is referring to the various qualities of that state and what brings realization is referring to what brings realization in the, of this state of purifying away the stains from one's source, what brings this type of realization in the mind stream of others. In other words, the enlightening influence that one has as a Buddha, which uh, helps others to gain uh, realization of the same state themselves. The order in which, so this is referring to the same four points referred to in the previous verses. The order in which they are to be understood is that the first point is the cause allowing for purification. In other words, the essential factors or source within us, the Buddha nature, is the cause allowing for this whole process of purification to take place. While the three, referring to the latter three, the state of uh, enlightenment itself and the qualities of that state and the enlightening influence that one has when one achieves that state, these three are the circumstances which help bring about this whole process of purification of the stains from one's Buddha nature. Yeah, yeah. 
Now we go into the main discussion about the source or the Buddha nature in terms of the reasons why everyone has a Buddha nature. So this is in verse 27 and 28. Because the corpuses of the totally clear-minded radiate out, because their accordant nature is undifferentiable, and because they have the family traits, all beings with limited bodies constantly possess the essential factors for clear evolvement. Because the deep awareness of the clear evolved has permeated the masses of beings with limited awareness, and because their self-nature is stainless, and this in fact is not discordant, in other words, the family trait allowing for clear evolvement is closely named after its results, it was said that all wandering beings possess the essential factors for clear evolvement. Now, to go over this, uh, these verses again, in the first verse, 27, uh, the reasons why everyone has the source or Buddha natures uh, is, for the first reason, is because the corpuses of the totally clear-minded radiate out. According to one tradition of uh, explanation, that of uh, Geltsupje, uh, this is referring to the fact of the enlightening influence of the uh, Buddhas is something which always radiates out to everyone. Now, there are two types of enlightening influence. There's the enlightening influence to attain a higher status or higher rebirth, and there's also the enlightening influence to be able to gain a state of definite goodness, either liberation or enlightenment. 
And here it's primarily the second type of enlightening influence, the enlightening influence for definite goodness, to achieve, to influence others, to achieve a state of definite goodness, that this is something which radiates out constantly or continuously from the Buddhas. So this is the first reason why everyone uh, has the factors which will allow them to achieve a clear evolvement. The second reason in the text is their accordant nature is undifferentiable. This is referring to the actual uh, deepest level uh, nature of the uh, minds of limited beings, sentient beings with limited awareness. The voidness or reality of their minds, their accordant nature, is the same as the nature or reality or voidness of the minds of the totally enlightened Buddhas. So in this sense, the, the actual nature of both a limited mind and an omniscient mind of a Buddha, in terms of its nature of being uh, void, is something which is undifferentiable. They both have the same nature. In reference to this, there's a quotation from the the 60 stanzas text by uh, Nagarjuna in which he says that uh, there is no uh, duality in terms of samsara and nirvana. This is referring to that the fact that the uh, nature of samsara, in other words, the nature of everything that uh, recurs uncontrollably is devoid of true existence. And so likewise is the nature of everything that is released from all uh, these type of difficulties or troubles, namely all phenomena of nirvana, that the two of these have the same nature, so there's no duality in terms of their nature, and so when one understands the reality, the lack of true existence of all phenomenon of compulsive existence or samsara, then one achieves nirvana or release from all troubles. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
The third reason given in the text is because they have the family traits. This is referring to the fact that all beings with limited awareness have the family trait or essential, uh, nas- uh, essential factor uh, which uh, will allow them to become totally clear-minded and fully evolved. Namely, they have the reality or the nature of their mind, uh, which is uh, something which is without any stains by nature. Uh, although it has uh, temporary stains, these stains are fleeting and they are not in the actual nature of the mind itself. And so all limited beings or all sentient beings have the pure, uh, a pure nature of mind. They have a mind which is devoid of uh, existing in any inherently findable manner. And uh, this is something which uh, they will continue to have uh, when the uh, stains have been removed and they actually achieve enlightenment. And this basic state of the nature of the mind itself is something which all limited beings have had uh, from beginningless time. In other words, they have always had uh, throughout all times. And so for that reason, because limited beings have the family traits, they have the abiding nature, family trait of the nature of their minds, then uh, they possess the essential factors which will allow them to become enlightened. Now, if we look at another tradition of commentaries, the tradition of Ju Mipam, in his commentaries on this text, he explains that the first of these reasons. It's a Tibetan Jew, not an Israeli Jew, Mipam. Uh, it's a Tibetan word of a, a place in uh, Tibet where he came from. Uh, in his commentary, he says, uh, for the first of these reasons, the corpuses of the totally clear-minded radiate out. What this is referring to is not in terms of uh, the mind stream of the Buddhas themselves, their enlightening influence radiating out to us, but rather in terms of each limited being's own mind stream themselves. That, uh, as it says later on in this text, because, it says, quote, because the stains are something which are fleeting and the good qualities are something which are complete. Now, as it says in that uh, verse, 
all the, uh, the, the mind stream, the nature of the mind, is something which by nature is not stained by any of these fleeting stains. They are something which can be removed. They are removable. And uh, furthermore, all the good qualities, such as the ten powers and so forth of a fully enlightened being, are complete uh, within the mind stream, within the potentials of the mind stream, of the nature of the mind itself. So when it is saying that the corpuses radiate out, this is saying that the ability on the mind stream of all limited beings to actually achieve all the qualities of a Buddha are something which are there, complete uh, from the beginning, and are constantly radiating out. In general, when we discuss the family traits which allow for a clear evolvement, it's another name for the source and so forth, uh, this, as will be discussed later on below in the text, is of two types. There are the naturally abiding family traits and then also the evolving family traits. The naturally abiding family traits is referring to the actual nature of the mind itself, that this nature of the mind itself is uh, one which is free from all stains and so forth, and this nature of the reality of the mind is something which has always abided as the nature of the mind without any beginning. So it's a naturally abiding family trait that has always been the case. The second type of family trait, traits are the evolving family traits. This is referring to the various factors uh, within the mind stream which, uh, when cultivated, uh, will allow for one to achieve the various corpuses or bodies of a Buddha. So there are things which one uh, has to put effort into, and when one puts effort in terms of various constructive or virtuous actions and building up various uh, uh, positive potentials and so forth, then these are the factors within the mind stream which can evolve or which can grow into or become the various corpuses or enlightening bodies of a Buddha. So in this way, there are two types of family traits, the naturally abiding family traits and the evolving family traits. Now, the text goes on with the discussion of the source allowing for us to have accordant progress 
or allowing us to become enlightened, the Buddha nature, and it presents it in terms of ten different topics. These ten are given in verse 29. It's essential nature, causes, results, influence, endowments, whom it permeates, phases, and likewise, the point of its penetrating everywhere, as well as its constant inalterability and its indivisibility from its qualities are called the points of what was intended by the sphere of the deepest level of fact. So these are the ten uh, topics. So we will uh, stop here in terms of the discussion of this text. Now I will, uh, I will speak something about general. At both the time before the Buddha came and also after uh, the Buddha came in India, there were many uh, great highly realized practitioners. No, Jupta, I'm sorry. There were many uh, systems of uh, tenets. Mm. Um, according to the uh, Charvaka uh, uh, school of tenets, there's no acceptance of past lives and future lives either. Any Andy? And they assert that the mind or awareness is something which relies exclusively on the body, and therefore, when there is no longer a body, there is no longer the mind, a mind. Mm. Now, among those uh, tenants, Now, there's a uh, one of the schools. Now, there are schools which accept past and future lives, and among those schools, one of the uh, subdivisions of the Vaisheshika school uh, asserts that the stains of the mind are in the nature of the mind, and therefore they are cannot be removed, and therefore they do not assert. Liberation. 
now, among those uh, schools of in- Indian tenets which do, which do accept uh, liberation, then uh, there are those which assert that uh, liberation or moksha is uh, into a, a place or a situation or a heaven. And so, for instance, you have the Jain school of, uh, of philosophy, and uh, that asserts that the state of liberation is into a pure land realm, which is in the shape of an upside down white umbrella. Then there is a school of Indian philosophy called the Samkhyas, and they have a presentation of the 25 factors of reality, or 25 items, and to just speak uh, in general, uh, one of them is called primal matter, or prakriti in Sanskrit. And uh, when all the various other aspects uh, or manifestations of this primal matter are dissolved back into the sphere of primal matter, then in that condition one achieves liberation. Now, among the other schools of tenets, there is... No, no. Among these schools of tenets, there is a difference that can also be made in terms of whether or not they assert the existence of a creator. Jains, as well as one part of Sangya, do not accept God theory. Creator theory. The, some of other creates, I mean, accepts, creates, right? Creator. Mm. But all these uh, school of thought accept uh, independent self. Then, Buddhism considers them, and they are not going to だって、だってね、うん。ちなんで、キャバ、感じしちゃうんですよな。ちなんで、キャバ、感じしちゃうんですよな。え、かそれで。うん。な。うん、どんでちゃんで、ちなんで、キャバ、シェイヨンでじ
then if we speak in terms of the view or the outlook uh, on reality, uh, the Buddhist schools are those uh, which uh, assert the four uh, seals or the sealing natures of the enlightening speech of the Buddha. Now, this is true for all the Buddhist schools except for the Vatsi Putriyas, which is a sub-part of the Vaibhashikas, but except for that school, all of the Buddhist uh, tenets except the four hallmarks or four seals which uh, uh, proclaim that a teaching is from the enlightening words of the Buddha. That, uh, these four are in terms of uh, all affected or conditioned phenomenon are non-static or impermanent. That uh, all things which are associated with confusion or contaminated are in the nature of suffering or problems. That uh, all phenomenon are devoid and lack a uh, true identity. And that nirvana or release from troubles is a state of stillness or peace. Now, when we speak in terms of the actual source, in other words, the subject matter of this text that we were discussing, the essential factors which allow for a clear evolvement, uh, these are things, this is something which can be made clear, it's something which can be purified of its stains by means of uh, various causes, and the causes are fervent regard and having discriminating awareness and single-minded concentration and having compassion or intense loving concern. Mm-hmm. If we ask, first of all, what is it uh, referring to uh, when it says that uh, one of the, the first causes, fervent regard for or admiration for the Dharma, for the preventive measures? Uh, when uh, we speak about uh, Dharma or the preventive measures in uh, Buddhism, uh, Dharma is referring primarily uh, to uh, Nirvana, state of release from all troubles. Uh, 
So the, uh, the preventive measure that one is aiming for is the achievement of nirvana, the state of release from all troubles, and this is what uh, one must have fervent regard or admiration for. As it says in the 400 verses uh, by Arya Deva, if a person does not have uh, disgust with compulsive existence or samsara, that they will not be able to uh, actually achieve uh, nirvana. So you see, in a sense, they will not have respect for nirvana. In a sense, you see, religious practitioner is something really discontentment, right? Discontented. Because you see, mm, you see, because you, mm, I mean, you feel something wrong, you feel something lost. So you want to do something, something. I mean, you want to gain something. So you make effort, isn't it? So that's the uh, the basis of progress. Without that, you see, there's no possibility of because uh, of development or progress. Like you see, and I think it's in some remote place. You see people. Uh, say in South Africa, in Africa, or in some remote place in India, you see, people daily routine still remain as a thousand years back, you see, daily routine, isn't it? They simply uh, remain like this. So no progress. Mm. Like in your case, you want, you always, you want something more, something more, something more, isn't it? <laughs> so you see progress, uh, I mean, materialized. Similar way, you see, in the development, you see, we have, I mean, it is very important to, to, to grow and to have some kind of discontentment. Now for that, now you see, the realization of, you see, suffering nature. Now that is now involved. So you see, in, in Four Noble Truth, the first uh, truth is uh, suffering, suffering nature. To suffering. Now, in suffering nature, there are three categories of suffering. Uh, one category that is, you see, obviously, you see, we uh, we accept as a suffering. Not only human being, even animals also, you see, uh, could feel as a um, as a something which do not want, isn't it? Uh, now it's the second, uh, second uh, nature of suffering, second type of suffering. That is, uh, in 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 in, term, in in terms in terminology, you call uh, the suffering of change. Yes. Mm. You see, what is that? That is usually you see those you see pleasant thing, which usually we want. Uh, I mean, to gain or to get the ordinary sense of happiness or pleasure. Uh, that is in deeper nature suffering. Because, you see, if, you, uh, if we want too much involved in that nature, then finally, again now, uh, it, uh, it, in, I mean, sorry, it, it may cause for frustration. Now, for example, you see, uh, today, when you have no, you see, new car or new television, and you want something, uh, and buy, and you get it, feel very happy. You see, even you could sacrifice your own sleep. You could look, 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 you see, whole night, isn't it? 
then you say one day passed, three day passed, one week, uh, few weeks, few months, then that same article, you feel, oh, now this is not good. It's that kind of yeah, uh, frustration, uh, some kind of dislike. Same object, you see, same person. So that is the indication of suffering of changing. So that is the second category. Now, most of worldly pleasure is in that category. So it is important to realize it. And uh, as a result of realization, you could make uh, some effort to gain some other, you see, uh, other experience. Now, the third category of suffering is uh, the, how to say now, the, if you if you take example, then this body itself, but that is uh, the third category of suffering. Uh, the meaning is something so because uh, the uh, aggregate factors of our experience, our aggregates which we have taken, are under the power or influence of other things, namely karma or our impulses and the disturbing attitudes, then the aggregates themselves are in the nature of suffering. As it says in Pramana Vartika, <laughs> from uh, the impermanence, suffering, and from suffering, uh, selflessness, which means from the understanding of impermanence arise the understanding of suffering, and from the understanding of suffering arise the understanding of selflessness. Now, impermanence has uh, two levels, uh, rough impermanence and subtle impermanence. Or impermanence on a subtle level, it's referring to the fact that uh, things uh, perish or disintegrate each moment. If something is affected or conditioned or collected together, it's something which is momentary. When the conditions are passed, as long as it is produced, the conditions are produced in there, then the thing lasts. As long as the conditions are there and present, then the thing will continue to perish. This one. Mm. 
这个是我们的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人民的人
And uh, so if we speak specifically about the aggregate factors of our experience, our body, and so forth, since uh, when it says that uh, these are therefore under the power of its causes, then uh, what uh, the causes are that it's under the power of is referring to the impulses of karma and the disturbing attitudes or delusions. Mm-hmm. What are these uh, deluded uh, attitudes? They are the uh, mental factors which when are produced in our mind makes our mind uh, in peace, restless, disturbed. It is quite clear. Now you suggest anger or uh, jealousy or these negative thoughts, when these thoughts you see, come, the person immediately becomes uh, unhappy and some kind of you see, unpleasant feeling there. So if we uh, come, uh, if we let our... Uh, negative mind so if we let our uh, at the factors of our experience our aggregates come under the uh, power of these uh, impure uh, causes these disturbing attitudes that's quite pathetic and so when it uh, says that uh, the uh, conditioned phenomenon are uh, suffering, uh, the conditioned phenomenon are things which are under the power of causes, being under the power of causes, it's under the power here of the uh, karmic uh, impulses and the disturbing attitudes, and because of being under the power of those, then they bring about problems and suffering. Therefore, it said from impermanence to suffering. This one, this one, yeah. Now you see realization of that kind of suffering nature is the key point now. Uh, so as long I mean as soon as you uh, I'd say you you get that kind of realization of that kind of suffering, then only alternative is uh, salvation. Clear. I say, so long you remain under influence of negative thought, that suffering is there. So in order to get rid of that suffering, you see, the only alternative is elimination or eliminate of our negative thought. So that is nirvana. That is salvation. This one. So now this is the way uh, to develop you see, uh, discontent attitude towards the other usual thing, then some kind of greedy. 
to achieve something, something impossible thing, isn't it? Mm. Now that is the you see way of training of mind, you see towards. Uh, now, now this is and also something like you see the usual our way of life is something short-sighted. I think especially in modern society, the short-sighted is very very alive. You see, you always need something today, today, today. Mm. Uh, you cannot wait. You see, next year or is next generation. That you you feel then because of impatience, isn't it? Mm. So like that. Mm. So mm. ordinary our way of thinking and something way of thinking and way of life is something based on short-sighted. Now, in the terms of religious practitioner, now in this case, you see, we are discussing is Buddhism. So you see, in Buddhist practitioner's case, now something you see. Uh, I mean, more kasuta, more long term. Ah, long more long term way, long terms like that. That thing is terrible. Lo chaya chile bua. So I thought those things. Now next question is, now there is a thorough investigation whether that negative thought can eliminate or not. Now this is the big question. Now, now here they. The what say? Now this already involved the first noble truth, then second noble truth as a cause. Now you see whether there is is there any possibility to uh, to overcome negative thought. Now it deals with third noble truth, cessation. Now this that tradition. Now you see usual our. You see, negative thought. Every negative thought, if you investigate inner word more, let's say more, because what happened? Ships out it more carefully. More carefully, then you could feel that you see when these negative thought come, there is some some kind of you see feeling or attitude, right? Attitude which serve as a base. That you see, look like this. I mean, something unfortunate things happen on 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 oneself. Then, then you see sometimes you get anger. When anger, the way to develop anger, the basis of that is feeling of equal, equal, equal. I, strong feeling of I. I am going to face the problem. So now you see negative thought, anger come as a defender, as a protector comes. So now here, the strong feeling of I take do do as a basis, act as a basis. Now during that moment, although I is there, you see, I want liberation. I want to do this and that. So I is there. But you see, during that moment, the 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 appearance of I is such that something very solid, something very firm, that kind of you see attitude there. This is wrong conception. This is the real now you see a troublemaker. The lock switch here. The learner, right? 
Now, in terms of the mind, our ways of knowing things, there are valid ways and invalid ways. Now, among those which are invalid, first of all, there's presumption. Not being uh, uh, certain about what is appearing. Uh, distorted perception, taking things in a distorted way, which is not correct. And when we conceive of an eye, which is something which is so solid, so strong, that we could actually point a finger at it, that it could actually stand up on its own two feet by itself, this type of conception of such an eye is a distorted conception, a distorted way of knowing. How do we know that this is a distorted consciousness, a distorted conceptual awareness? It's in terms of the implied object, the object that it is conceiving about. If the object that it is conceptualizing about, its implied object, were to actually exist, then it should be something that would become clearer and clearer when we look for it. However, in this case, when we look for the implied object uh, or the object that's conceptualized about, when we have this conceptual thought with which we conceive that we have such a solid eye, this eye is something which we cannot find. Now, we're not talking about that uh, thing, nothing can be found at all in a nihilist sense, but uh, in terms of this conceptual thought, the implied object is something which cannot be found, therefore it's not referring to anything that exists. And if it's not referring to anything that, exi- that exists, then obviously it's something which is distorted. This one. That's now, if we have a uh, distorted cognition which is deceived about what it's conceiving about, which is deceived about its implied object, 
then if we uh, then that type of uh, misconception is undermined by its opposite it's undermined by a conceptual mind which takes uh, its object in a the completely opposite way from the way in which this misconception is taking the object so this relies on lines of reasoning and uh, based on lines of reasoning then one gets a convinced state of mind a conviction and that convinced state of mind or conviction is what actually undermines the distorted uh, misperception Now, this is not only the case with respect to our own selves, but this is also uh, true with respect to uh, outer phenomenon as well. Whatever objects appear to us appear to be truly existent, standing by themselves. I think here you see two, again two categories. One category, When we talk about selflessness or lack of true identities, we can speak on uh, two levels. There's first of all the level of speaking about ourself that the self or a person is not something which exists substantially as something uh, that can stand on its own feet as a ruler with authority over the aggregates. It doesn't have this type of substantial existence by itself. It's devoid of that. But then on a more subtle level, uh, we can think in terms of all phenomenon, including the self, and how all phenomenon, although they appear to be truly existent, they do not exist in that way from their own side. This is a more subtle way of talking about how all things lack true identities. Mm-hmm. Now, this involves, uh, when, you, when you saw, you see, some beautiful flower, or is some watch, some kind of, you see, things, mm-hmm. some people like that, you see, then, when you, you see, kasure. When we actually just see uh, flowers and different objects, uh, it's at that time of those type of perceptions, the grasping for true existence of them is not necessarily operating or helping at that time. Mm. 
However, they do appear to be existing truly ex- existently. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, when we have uh, when either attachment or repulsion arises with respect to that object, let's say the flowers, then at uh, that time uh, it is uh, giving a confirmation to that appearance of uh, true existence, or it's agreeing to it. And uh, so at that time, then uh, one actually goes into grasping for true existence. And so uh, in this way, one uh, is uh, having the type of grasping for true existence with which one agrees with or uh, confirms uh, or accepts that appearance of true existence to be actually true. Now, that is the more subtler troublemaker. Uh, that's the ultimate the troublemaker. Right? That usually we call the ultimate ignorance. That is the basis of samsara, basis of cyclic existence, right? or the basis of opposite of liberation. Hmm. So that also yokshi. That's also a distorted perception. Mm-hmm. And so this establishes that... Uh, no, 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 no. Matama, uh, No, not that way. Mm. Generally, When uh, we, uh, in general, analyze uh, all phenomenon for their mode of existence, mm. this through establishes... Analysis, is it through investigation, through using logic, you could, uh, you could understand or you could uh, prove or you could realize that things are not... Uh, independently existing existence. Yes. So therefore, the feeling, therefore, uh, therefore, one uh, proves to oneself that uh, the mind with which we grasp for things to exist uh, truly and independently is in fact distorted. Now, when we speak in terms of the various objects of mind, we can speak in terms of object. The object. 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 There are the uh, object uh, which uh, the mind is involved with. There's the object which appears, and there's the object which is implied, or the, concept, the object that is conceptualized about. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
The involved object uh, would be an object that uh, would be involved in a valid perception. Now, when we're speaking about conceptual perceptions, there is uh, when we are aimed at uh, one and the same object, for instance, the flowers, uh, then uh, when we discuss the, uh, the object that is conceptualized about or what's implied by that conceptual consciousness, now to one mind, uh, the implied object would be uh, truly existent flowers, whereas to another mind, it would, the implied object would be uh, flowers which do not exist uh, truly and inherently by themselves. Now, behind the implied object uh, being a truly existent flowers, uh, there's no basis. It's not supported by anything. It's not correct. So that is a distorted cognition. However, when we investigate, is there something behind or supporting the uh, conception with which the, what is conceptualized about is non-truly existing flowers, then that's the implied object, then that is something which has a support in logic and reasoning. And so that is a valid uh, perception. So the two are quite different here when, in terms of uh, when the implied object of a conceptual mind has uh, logic and reasoning backing it as its support, then it's a valid uh, way of knowing, whereas if it does not have any backing behind it and is not supported on logic and reasoning, then it's a distorted cognition. So these two uh, minds exist in, ter- in a relation of one harming or undermining the other. Now, the mind which has behind it as its support uh, logic and uh, valid ways of knowing is something which has much greater strength than the one which does not have such a basis. Mm. You see, at this moment, you see, at how to say, at, mm, I don't know, <laughs> I think at the initial stage, you see, initial stage, obviously, person who practice uh, these line is the first time. At that moment, the other, you see, feeling is more stronger. Although you see no valid sorry, support, uh, support, but it is much stronger because of time. Now, question is time. You see, uh, you see, within this life. As a Buddhist I mean, explanation, Buddhist I mean, viewpoint, the infinite past lives, you see, till this moment, you see, that wrong, uh, how to say, wrong conception, always there. So, due to, you see, time, now it becomes something very, uh, how to say, deeply entrenched right? in our mind. Entrenched in our mind. The other, you see, other, uh, how to say, correct perception, although, you see, uh, valid, right. 
valid support. Valid support. But you see, it is something like you see, our new friend, the other one, very old friend. So you see, this is influence is much stronger than our new friend. So now here, the important of now question of time. Although the potential is there, this you see, uh, correct, uh, I'd say, correct understand have every potential thing to destroy the other one. But due to you see, uh, not much time, right? Due to sorry, due not to much lack familiarity, of time, lack of time, no, lack of time. So it is something. This moment, you see, very very weak. You see, very casual. Uh, weak. Something like you see, just a growing, isn't it? Now, once you see it, it develop. Now, here one difference is, you see, the quality, which now, for example, the certain quality of physical training, that depend on physical. So, physical is something very rough, very casual, very I don't know, rough, 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 very rough. Then those quality. Uh, of mind, the the base of mind is something more sorry, more subtle, more subtle. Right? Then in the now the those I mean, lule tembe yen dance name do lule tembe pena chaju pena chik lose chumbu chiaso pena dizu chedi jang yundu zane ko limitless dothya memory kares lama. When we speak about uh, qualities that we might uh, gain or features that we might gain in terms of physical training on the basis of our body, uh, like for instance uh, someone who uh, is, a, is an athlete, uh, these physical qualities are something which cannot be limitless. They cannot be infinite. Why? Because they're based on a human body. That's similar to you and Andy. When, on the other hand, we speak about uh, qualities of the mind, this is something which has as its basis uh, not something which passes like the body, but uh, rather it has as its basis the mind. And the mind, or the stream of uh, awareness, of consciousness, is something which continues always, and therefore it's something which has a much more stable basis, an enduring basis. And uh, therefore, if uh, we develop uh, good qualities in terms of the mind, which as a basis is something which is very stable and endures, then those good qualities are something which can grow uh, limitlessly. Therefore, when we can have as the basis behind a good quality of mind 
such as the understanding of a lack of true identity of our person or a phenomenon, when we can have as its basis something which is, uh, um, first of all, stable in terms of the mind, and also it has as its backing support uh, valid reasoning and logic, then this is something which can uh, grow limitlessly and uh, something which uh, has a very, very stable foundation so that on the basis of this, then slowly we can say bye-bye to this bad friend which was the uh, mind with which we grasped for things as existing truly with true identities. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the you see, explanation about true cessation. So, you see, from this viewpoint, and also, you see, if we try to experiment, even, you see, one year's time, this is some kind of, you see, try to minimize our you see, negative thoughts, such as anger, or such as, you see, attachment. You see, you could, uh, I mean, you could see some kind of, you see, change, you could see, isn't it? So, you see, like this, uh, this is the way of explanation about the secession, the possibility of secession. If such a goal is something possible, I mean, naturally, nobody wants suffering. If there is uh, something uh, which you see complete cessation of suffering, then that is I mean, worthwhile to achieve. Then the fourth noble truth, truth path, a true path. Now involved uh, with not merely say mere mere faith or mere acceptance, but through reason you you saw something, uh, something 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 living. So this is the way uh, to to develop the chula mevatam and shiravnibutanyamdoshibesavshas. This is the way to develop fervent regard or admiration for the uh, preventive measures, for the Dharma, and one's discriminating awareness or wisdom comes along with this. After our, uh, the break, when we've filled our stomachs, then uh, we'll discuss the uh, second two causes, the other two causes, which are single-minded concentration and compassion. <laughs> it was much better that we talk about the uh, absence of true existence or voidness when our stomachs are void and empty, <laughs> hungry, and now afterwards they'll be filled. <laughs> 